thank you, Heavenly Father God, for reading. Lord, we just praise you. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. We're thankful to you, Lord, and we bless your holy name. Thank you for giving us the opportunity, Lord God, to do that. Get in your courts. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy is Him. Thank you, Lord, for today's reading. And we read, where are we at? February 26th. February 26th, we have it. Leviticus 19 to chapter 20, 21. And the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. You must be holy, wow, because I, the Lord, your God am holy. Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father, and you must always observe my Sabbath days of rest. Always. I am the Lord your God. Do not put your trust in, in idols or make metal images of gods for yourself. <clears throat> I am the Lord your God. When you sacrifice a peace offering <clears throat> to the Lord, offer it properly so you will be accepted by God. <clears throat> the sacrifice must be eaten on the same day you offer it or on the next day. Whatever is left over until the third day must be completely burned up. If any of the sacrifice is eaten on the third day, I will, it will be contaminated and I will not accept it. Anyone who eats it on the third day will be punished for defiling what is holy to the Lord and will be cut off from the community. <clears throat> when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your field and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. It is the same with your great crops. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines and do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. Do not deceive or cheat one another. Do not bring shame on the name of your God by using it to swear falsely. I am the Lord God. I am the Lord. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not make your hired workers wait until the next day to receive their pay. Do not insult the deaf or cause the blind to stumble. You must fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not twist justice in legal matters by favoring the poor or being partial to the rich and powerful. Always judge people fairly. Do not spread slanderous gossip among your people. Do not stand idly by when your neighbor's life is threatened. I am the Lord. Do not nurse hatred in your heart for any of your relatives. Control, confront people directly so you will not be held guilty for their sin. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. You must obey all my decrees. Do not mate two different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with two different kinds of seed. Do not wear clothing woven from two different kinds of thread. Got that? If a man has sex with a slave girl whose freedom has never been purchased, but who is committed to become another man's wife, he must pay full compensation for her to her master. 
But she is not a free woman, neither the man nor the woman will be put to death. The man, however, must bring a ram as a guilt offering and present it to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will then purify him before the Lord with the ram of the guilt offering, and the man's sins will be forgiven. When you enter the land and plant fruit trees, leave the fruit unharvested for the first three years and consider it forbidden. Do not eat it. In the fourth year, the entire crop must be consecrated to the Lord as a celebration of praise. Finally, in the fifth year, you may eat the fruit. If you follow this pattern, your harvest will increase. I am the Lord your God. Do not eat meat that has not been drained of its blood. Do not practice fortune-telling or witchcraft. Do not trim off the hair on your temples or trim your beards. Well, do not cut your bodies from, for the dead. And do not mark your skin with tattoos. I am the Lord. Do not defile your daughter by making her a prostitute, or the land will be filled with prostitution and wickedness. Keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence towards my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not defile yourself by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead. I am the Lord your God. Stand up in the presence of the elderly wow. and show respect for the aged. Fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or volume. Your scales and weights must be accurate. Your containers for measuring dry material or liquids must be accurate. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You must be careful to keep all my decrees and regulations by putting them into practice. I am the Lord. If any of them offer their children as a sacrifice to Molech, they must be put to death. The people of the community must stone them to death. I myself will turn against them and cut them off from the community because they have defiled my sanctuary and brought shame on my holy name by offering their children to Molech. And if the people of the community ignore those who offer their children to Molech and refuse to excuse them, I myself will turn against them and their families and will cut them off from the community. This will happen to all who commit spiritual prostitution by worshiping Molech. I will also turn against those who commit spiritual prostitution by putting their trust in mediums or in those who consult the spirits of the dead. I will cut them off from the community. Set, so set yourself apart to be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep all my decrees by putting them into practice, for I am the Lord who makes you holy. Anyone who dishonors father or mother must be put to death. Such a person is guilty of a capital offense. If a man commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, but the man and the woman who have committed adultery must be put to death. If a man violates his father by having sex with one of his father's wives, both the man and the woman must be put to death. 
for they are guilty of capital offense. If a man has sex with his daughter-in-law, both must be put to death. They have committed a perverse act and are guilty of a capital offense. If a man practices homosexuality, having sex with another man, as with a woman, both men have committed a detestable act. They must both be put to death, for they are guilty of a capital offense. If a man marries both a woman and her mother, he has committed a wicked act. A man and both women must be born to death to wipe out such wickedness from among you. If a man has sex with an animal, he must be put to death, and the animal must be killed. If a woman presents herself to a male animal to have intercourse with it, she and the animal must both be put to death. You must kill both, for they are guilty of capital offense. If a man marries his sister, the daughter of either his father or his mother, and they have sexual relations, it is a shameful disgrace. They must be publicly cut off from the community since the man has violated his sister. He will be punished for his sin. If a man has sexual relationship with a woman during her menstrual period, both of them must be cut off from the community. For together they have exposed the source of her blood flow. Do not have sexual relationship with your aunt, whether your mother's sister or your father's sister. This would dishonor a close relative. Both parties are guilty and will be punished for their sin. If a man has sex with his uncle's wife, he has violated his uncle. Both the man and the woman will be punished for their sins and they will be die childless. If a man marries his brother's wife, it is an act of impurity. He has violated his brother, and the guilty couple will be will remain childish. Okay, Mark chapter eight, verses eighteen to thirty-eight. <clears throat> when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him. Testing him, they demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such signs. So he got back into the boat and left them, and he crossed to the other side of the lake. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, Watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. And then they began to argue with each other because they had brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take this in? You have eyes. You're, you have eyes. Can't you see? You have ears. Can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve, they said. 
And when I fed the 4,000 with the seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven. They said, don't you understand yet? He asked them where they when they arrived at Bethsaida. Some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he had laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. And his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored. And he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away saying, Don't go back into the village on your way home. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Peter replied, You are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer <clears throat> many terrible things and he be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Amen. Psalm 42, 1-11 As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked along... I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? 
I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I'm deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O oh God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones, they scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Proverbs 10, 20, 10, 17 says, People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. Amen. Uh, let me read today's study. It's based on Mark 8, 34 and 35. And that says, Then Jesus, the crowd, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you want to wants to be a follower, you must turn from your selfish ways take up your cross and follow me if you try to hang on to your life you will lose it but if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news you will save it boy jesus is a firm promoter <laughs> a follower is never the one in control it is the leader who determines where to go how to get there when to leave and when we arrive Jesus describes what his leadership means for his followers. Implicit in his description is the promise that Jesus will lead us. It is our choice, however, to follow his lead. Jesus doesn't really promote his leadership by advertising its benefits either. Rather, it's mostly warning the crowd about the cost of following him. That's not, he's not trying to deceive them into following him. He wants them to know what they're in for. He does tell them they will have their lives, but only save them, not get the VIP treatment. And only other someone, and only after someone just for giving up, giving up their lives. Amen. Okay, let's move on right along. Uh, you know, it's so easy to say yes to Jesus, yes Lord, yes Lord, and follow His ways. And his ways is to be kind, you know, to the people he brings to you. And through the Holy Spirit, you can know who's feeding off you and who respects and loves the Lord. And it's, it's an easy thing to witness. It's easy to be a Christian. It is easy to, to be, uh, to make a choice to be enthusiastic, to be a choice to be happy. Um, like this morning when we saw our neighbor. I mean, we were full of the Holy Spirit. We were joyful. We were relaxing. And we know how to turn a dull situation into joy. And he saw that. You know, we demonstrate that we're the, you know, we're doing our best to follow our Christian um, heritage, which is the Lord commands us to be joyful and love one another. And what do you think, honey? Um, yeah. What'd you get out of it? Out of that one or the whole book? Out of that one statement, baby. Out of the mark. Okay. New Testament, right? Okay. Um, well, 
I like the way he says at the beginning, he says, I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. He was like, not going to give the Pharisees a sign. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I like that too. He got on the boat and split. He's gotten to God. And they were always testing him, and they were always um, demanding of them. Just to prove his authority, the word says here. I like the way he sighed deeply in his spirit. Yeah. That is awesome. He sighed deeply. That is... It doesn't say so in his spirit. You know, whenever you sigh... It didn't say he was frustrated. It was in his spirit. It was compassionate type of sign. Huh? You know, he gets tired of saying the same thing over and over again and people wanting us miracles and miracles and he's already done miracles for them. To prove. They want him to prove who he is time and time again. But they wouldn't even pay attention to that proving anyway. They would have, you know, he's... Um, and then when they started to, um, I guess they didn't bring along the leftover basket of food, the, the disciples were a little upset with themselves and arguing. We were having a little bit of a problem with that. And, um... And so Jesus points out, look, you, you know, you got you got eyes, but you can't see, and you got ears, but you can't hear, and like how quickly they forgot what they saw with the two feedings. You know, to me, if I would see that, I'd be wow, I'd be talking about it and talking about it, and you know, get excited about it. Amen. Um, I really think it was, he said it, Jesus said, you're hard, hard to take it in. Mm -hmm, when, when, mm -hmm. you, when you're dealing with hard uh, truck drivers, hard workers, of, uh, you know, they got calluses, hands, and so forth. Um, they, you know, they're subconsciously, they were very just. I think they just, their faith wasn't they, um, they, they solid have, yet. Yeah, their Holy Spirit hasn't softened their hearts yet. Right. They weren't solid yet. I guess they were they developing. Were still, yeah, you know. They were developing was, as they went. It's amazing because, you know, if you and me said, I mean, we could say, oh, yeah, if we were there, we would have done that. How do we know? We, yeah. Well, we you know, the first ones yeah, you know we would have said, hey, we got the golden goose with us right here. We got nothing to worry about. <laughs> produce, you know, he will produce miracles yeah. wherever we go. Jesus will help. Man, lamb chops, you know. You know. So it, it's like we could say that, but they were also in training. Just like, you know, here, this is, you know, an important point that goes, that, you know, gets preached on or whatever, is that when you when you see Jesus working in your life, what you do is you give a, mirror, you give a testimony of that. Mm -hmm. And you give another testimony and then, you know, another testimony. And you just keep the ball rolling. You're supposed to keep the ball rolling on your testimonies. Um, but the point I was making is that when you're in a situation and you're down, we got to remember all the good things the Lord has done. You know, you know, time and time again, we see his hand on many of our family members, many of situations that are just, you know, a good example is my dad the other day. He was so excited because he got a small check. You know, it might not be, a small check for somebody might not be that big of a deal, but for my dad's faith it was. 
you know, so we... So he called us right away to tell us. He was so excited, right? You still have the recording. I want to yeah. hear it. Yeah. So um, so I, I just think it's a good idea to keep in our hearts on the forefront. You know, hey, God is working. He's constantly helping us. You know, he's constantly Because we don't favor. see it, you know. We know he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got, he's under control the situation yeah so you know testimony testifying to his goodness is is a good way to keep your faith going in, in those times so that was awesome i mean that's just they were in development though they didn't have what we have now well we you know we get that preached to us a lot you know have your testimony tell a testimony um that's something that the church values but back then they were just walking around and they just didn't have any you know <laughs> Um, that was a really, uh, you know, this is really cool, where the blind man, um, when Jesus, speaking on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around, he said, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. So, uh, then Jesus, you know, put his hands on his eyes and his eyes were open. And his sight was restored, and he could see everything clearly. Um, so, what do you think about that? What do you think about he? You know, he saw something. The blind man saw something. He saw what he thought was a walking, you know, people that looked like trees. Wow, I don't know. It's uh, and then he had laid his hands on him again, and the eyes were open. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like a two. It took two. Two tries, but he yeah. spit on the man's eyes. I don't know if he directly spit on them, but he took him out of the village probably because he was going to spit on him by the hand. And the amazing thing too is that the people begged him to he heal the blind him. man. Mm-hmm. At Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him. See, the blind man already had put plenty of kind seeds in people's hearts. Mm-hmm. They just loved him. That was love in action, huh? Yeah. They begged them. Really, you know, it's... Like if we would have Kathy back there, you know, say, and there's a healer. Say, Come on, Kathy, let's yeah, go. I would yeah, do, that. Would do that. I'd take in people. We want to see people to get healed. lady that's in the wheelchair back there. Uh, I think because it was it was uh, it wasn't pre-prayed. Jesus didn't pray ahead of time for that one. He was probably too busy, and then you know he, that's why it wasn't like it wasn't a done deal in heaven. So he had to pray twice because it was just brought up to him. You know, it was, but it says it's interesting. It says Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. He took him out of there. Probably some unbelievers there. Mm-hmm. He spit on his eyes. He laid hands on him. Mm-hmm. I guess he prayed for him, huh? Mm-hmm. And then he said, and then Jesus, he didn't even spit on him again, but he just laid hands on him the second time. And his eyes were open. His sight restored. This is the second time Jesus used his saliva, which is. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. John. The book of John. Which is extremely positive, you know. It's nothing but 100% healing, 100% light. 
light that's in him, a true, abundant, living light, even his saliva. And true, and that, that kind of brings a good point that we have his blood here on earth, which is true, living, light, abundant power too, his blood. His blood is also, and all we have to do is imagine, I read somewhere, you imagine it just for two, three minutes, you just keep your mind in it to activate the power that's in the blood. We activate the power that's in the water when we bless the water, the holiness of the water. And we activate when we meditate on the scripture for two, three minutes. You know, I really think we're moving too far. When I see a scripture that I like that says, like when the first time I saw the scripture, uh, Beloved, I wish above all things. And then the pastor moved on it real quick like, and I'm thinking, God, I like to stay there and love that scripture. I said to myself, I was just brand new. I said, I would like to and get to know that scripture and love it. Uh, is to become acquainted with it and love it. That's what was my like, my thought. I've been using my scripture up there that I took it. But, you know, he doesn't make things too impossible. You know, I've been thinking, he says, love it for two, three minutes. Pray and hit home run with your heart with God. You know, and go out and enjoy your life. He doesn't want us pounding our praying like I've been you know we said our prayers he heard it we believe that he heard us we look at the blood we look at the scripture we look at the promise we believe we we sigh it into our spirit like this one laying hands on hands on on someone that's almost like actually that's a good point because um you know you can lay hands on someone and it the, the healing may not manifest at that moment um, but the man still had faith. Yeah, I see this. You know, he began to, to yeah, I can, you know, I can't, you know, I can see they're walking through. So he just agreed still. He didn't stop and say, well, it didn't work, right? Um, so nope. my, my point is, people, you know, when you do lay hands on them, it's either going to go right there or maybe the next day or a month. You know, and don't forget to spit on them. <laughs> I said that the the lady from the gym, she came up and she said hi. I hadn't seen her in a while. You know the nice lady who prays for us all the time. Her name is uh, Margaret. And uh, she said, I just I don't know what naturally I just put my hand on her chest and de-healed in Jesus' name. You know in the class. It wasn't real loud or anything, but I just my natural instinct was to put my hand and I did. And <laughs> she took off. But I mean, she believes in that. It was okay for me to do that. I just, it just came out to do that. But she had been sick. It's like when I had the meeting today with a lady named Kathy, you know, she's a real tall lady. And she had went to Raw Research to Christian Church and then went out partying, came back now. And I went, and she was there, so I was able to talk to her about more miracles that got done for us. Jean was there, Vince was there, but they were a little far away. They weren't really listening. And, uh, but the, our Father came out because she's a sister in Christ. She's very, I just started praying. Well, let's pray our Father just came out and we started praying. We usually pray the, the serenity prayer, but it just came out and I, and, and I can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in a, you know, real tall, tall lady. <laughs> and, and it was nice just to have a connection. Person, I don't even know their last name. I just know their, their first name. 
and we connected and had church for 40 minutes there, talked about the wonders of prayer and God and everything, and be on our way. Meditated, and it had our, we had a spiritual meal. Wow, you got home early too, I was surprised. Like. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were spraying uh, stuff up the grass, so we got oh, to. Okay, there was only two of us, so we were, we were reading a, I said, that's enough, Kathy, and she smiled. Let's, let's I thought split. you said there were four people. There were four, but two guys were in the grass, and they really weren't listening to us. Yeah, they came and got a thing, and I asked him to share a little bit, and he shared. Yeah? He's been sharing lately. That's a good idea, babe. How you doing? I can get him coffee, and, yeah. and then, come on, get some coffee. Do they go every morning, or? He comes out, of, he always comes to our meetings, but he does, he's not, he's, he doesn't participate. He listens. He's obviously getting something. Yeah, he does. He's really intelligent. Okay, the Old Testament, uh, real quick, like, uh, do you, now you know where we, where we get a lot of, a lot of, uh. People bring up these uh, a lot of these things. Yes, I'm glad you're bringing that up. I just want to say right away uh, where God says about the Sabbath, you should do this for all time, A-L-L, all time. I wonder what other places he says for all time. And Jesus has uh, says that I have, <clears throat> I have completed the Old Testament, the law. I came to fulfill the law, the book of John. Well, but he did fulfill the law. It's a done deal. He fulfilled it. He was the fulfillment of the law, which was the the blessing of Abraham. He came to fulfill it. Um, but I'm saying right here, it says, I guess we would do a, a study where it says again, I am the Lord God. You must keep the Sabbath holy for all times, to all generations. Um now he says show reverence towards my sanctuary and that would be showing reverence to the body of Christ which is in us you know on, on the, we do it because it's just common sense to rest one day and, and make it a, a beautiful day make it a day of, of uh, presence and joy and food and enjoy you know it's a celebration that we're Christians and the body of Christ is in us and and we, we look for look for it forward to it all week long you know we make our food the day before and try to and watch book of john all day long or different bible characters you're smiling honey yeah. um one thing I, that we talk about all these rules and everything um the one i always kind of i know it talks about don't have sex with animals and all that kind of stuff but over here it, this is kind of a common one that's out there that's uh um do not mark your skin with tattoos okay and this is where we see a lot of people judging people that have tattoos you know um that they're sinners and there's all this stuff you know in the church people look really judge that a lot in people and there's a lot of people with tattoos there's no question about it so are we going to close the door and say we well, have a tattoo you're not welcome in God's house because we see it here you know well for and me if that's the case for me if I would have learned even the Catholic if the Catholic would have showed me more basics you know mm. we used to stand up for people when the Ellery when we were kids because that's the way they taught us in our culture Mexico, 
you know, and that was, you know, you stand up for the elderly. And it's just kind of like, wow, I've forgotten that, you know, that practice. So, and I was wondering how, how left field I am from a lot of decency things. There's a lot of decency that God speaks about right wow. here. So it's like you can you can take this one here and you can say, well, you eat bacon. <laughs> you know what I mean? You judge the guy for the tattoo, but you're eating bacon. So thank God for the New Testament. Thank God for yeah, the you know, they're forgiven. All of us, yeah. if, if we don't observe the Sabbath, I guess we're forgiven too, you know. Apparently, all these Christians are working Saturday and they're doing very well and they're prospering very well and they're getting many people saved. And, you know, they, they don't rest. And remember, but Sunday, maybe people rest on Sunday. Yeah, they do, with football. And they're still forgiven. They're still in love. As long as they're in love, you know, he fulfilled once and for all the whole. Check this out. God has fulfilled the Sabbath perpetually in Jesus for all times. Once we're in him, we got all the Sabbaths. He's the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? He says, Lord, it's in other words, the buck stops here. I, I have fulfilled all the Sabbaths for you. So relax. <laughs> Everything's fulfilled. Kind of explains it a little better for me. But I still like to rest because of my body. Yeah, you know, like Pastor Prince, that's not a deal breaker, he says. You know, I, uh, I told, I just got hired to work at someone's house to be painting. And actually, I'm, I'm helping Roger. I asked him for my services for free. They offered to pay me. And I'm helping him, encouraging him, Amen. you know, to keep the love, keep the faith. I think I would just answer the prayer, really, you know, just keep them, keep them hopeful because they got a lot of work. Yeah, I, walked in there, I was a little overwhelmed. I mean, yeah, you know, and you could get overwhelmed with the work and then the, all the blue cabinets and everything. I said, but the only thing is we only can do one thing at a time. That's yeah. the beauty of it, you know. Yeah, I thought that was a God shot because I, I was not going to pick up that phone call yesterday. I looked, I said, I have telemarketer or Kansas We don't know anybody in Kansas City. But I walked a few steps and I turned around and I came back. I said, well, I'll answer it. And that's what happened. Yes, yes, yes. So it was, um, it was God because I, the Holy Spirit said, answer it. And that was the guy that came to the meeting to help his sister from Kansas City, and she's elderly, to sell his house, and there's no one else that. Yeah. And she doesn't have resources to, to paint, get painters. That's pretty nice. That's a pretty nice family. And they need, they need friends. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father God, for providing for us, too. Providing for us uh, some extra income that we pray for, cash. And then I could be of service. Amen. And isn't it like God to answer a prayer and to also help somebody else's need? Yeah. It's a dual need. It's a dual need. Roger needed to calm down. Yeah. And then have faith that we can do this, church. Yeah. Amen. Amen.